Part five of Eros and Psyche by Robert Bridges. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nathan at antipodeanwriter.wordpress.com. Eros and Psyche by Robert Bridges. Part five. July. What think you, sister? Thus one envious fiend to other spake upon their homeward route. What of the story that our wit hath gleaned of this mysterious lover who can shoot in thirty days from beardless youth to prime with wisdom in his face before his time and snowy locks upon his head to boot? Ay, said the other. True, she lied not well, and thence I gather knows no more than we. For surely tis a spirit insensible to whom she is wedded, one she cannot see. Tis that I fear, for if tis so, her child will be a god, and she a goddess styled, which, though I die to let it, shall not be. Lament we thus no longer. Come, consult. What may be done? And home they came at night, yet not to rest, but of their plots occult, sat whispering on their beds, and ere twas light, resolving on the deed, could not defer, but roused the sleeping house with sudden stir, and sallied forth alone to work their spite and with the noon were climbed upon the peak and swam down on the zephyr as before but now with piercing cry and doleful shriek they forced their entrance through the golden door feigning the urgency of bitter truth such as deforms a friendly face with ruth when kindness may not hide ill tidings more then psyche when she heard their wailful din and saw their countenances wan and worn with travel vigil and disfiguring sin their hair dishevelled and their habits torn for trembling scarce could ask what ill had happed and they alert with joy to see her trapped launched forth amain and on their drift were borne o psyche happiest certainly and blest up to this hour they said thou surely wert being of thy fearful peril unpossessed which now we would not tell but to avert but we in solemn truth thy spouse have found to be the dragon of this mountain ground who holds thee here to work thy shame and hurt as yesternight we rode upon the wind he issued to pursue us from the wood we saw his back that through the tree-tops finned his fiery eyes glared from their wrinkled hood lo now betimes the oracle which said how to the savage beast thou shouldst be wed is plainly for thy safety understood long time hath he been known to all that dwell upon the plain but now his secret lair have we discovered which none else could tell though many women fallen in his snare hath he enchanted who tradition saith taste love awhile ere to their cruel death they pass in turn upon the summits bare fly with us while thou mayst no more delay renounce the spells of this accursed vale we come to save thee but we dare not stay among these sightless spirits our senses quail fly with us fly then psyche for her soul soft and simple lost her self-control and thinking only of the horrid tale dear sisters said she and her sobbing speech was broken by her terror it is true that much hath happed to establish what ye teach for never hath it been granted me to view my husband and for aught i know he may be even that cruel dragon which ye say peered at you from the forest to pursue tis sure that scarcely can i win his grace to see you here and still he mischief vows if ever i should ask to see his face which coming in the dark he never allows 
therefore if ye can help of pity show since doubt i must how i may come to know what kind of spirit it is that is my spouse then to her cue the younger was afore hide thou a razor cried she near thy bed and have a lamp prepared but whelm there over some cover that no light be from it shed and when securely in first sleep he lies look on him well and ere he can arise gashing his throat cut off his hideous head which both persuading off they flew content divining that whatever she was forbid was by her lover for her safety meant which only could be sure while he was hid but psyche to that miserable deed being now already in her mind agreed wandered alone and knew not what she did now she would trust her lover now in turn made question of his bidding as unjust but thirsting curiosity to learn his secret overcame her simple trust overcame her spoken troth overcame her fear and she prepared as now the hour drew near the mean contrivances nor felt disgust she set the lamp beneath a chair and cloaked thickly its rebel lustre from the eye and laid the knife to mortal keenness stroked within her reach where she was wont to lie and took her place full early but her heart beat fast and stayed her breath with sudden start feeling her lover's arm laid fond thereby but when at last he slept then she arose all faint and tremulous and though it be that wrong betrayeth innocence with shows of novelty its guilt from shame to free yet twas for shame her hand so strangely shook that held the steel and from the cloak that took the lamp and raised it over the bed to see she had some fear she might not well discern by that small flame a monster in the gloom when lo the air about her seemed to burn and bright celestial radiance filled the room too plainly oh she saw oh fair to see eros twas eros self her lover he the god of love revealed in deathless bloom her fainting strength forsook her on her knees down by the bed she sank the shameless knife fell flashing and her heart took thought to seize its desperate haft and end her wicked life yet could she not her loving eyes withdraw from her fair sleeping lover whom she saw only to know she was no more his wife o treasure of all treasures late her own o loss above all losses lost for a since there was no repentance could atone for her dishonour nor her fate with stay but yet twas joy to have her love in sight and to the rapture yielding while she might she gazed upon his body where he lay above all mortal beauty as was hers she saw a rival but if passion's heart be rightly read by subtle questioners it owns a wanton and a gentler part and psyche wondered noting every sign by which the immortal god her spouse divine betrayed the image of our earthly art his thickly curling hair his ruddy cheeks and pouting lips his soft and dimpled chin the full and cushioned eye that idly speaks of self-content and vanity within the forward froward ear and smooth to touch his body sleek but rounded overmuch for dignity of mind and pride akin she noted that the small irradiant wings that from his shoulders lay long at rest were yet disturbed with airy quiverings as if some wakeful spirit his blood possessed she feared he was awaking but they kept their sweet commotion still and still he slept and still she gazed with never tiring zest 
and now the colour of her pride and joy outflushed the hue of eros she so cold to have fired the passion of the heartless boy whom none in heaven or earth were found to hold psyche the earth-born to be prized above the heavenly graces by the god of love and worshipped by his wantonness untold nay for that very thing she loved him more more than herself her sweet self's compliment until the sight of him again upwore her courage and renewed her vigour spent and looking now around she first espied where at the bed's foot cast in haste aside lay his full quiver and his bow unbent one of those darts of which she had heard so oft she took to try if twas so very keen and held its point against her finger soft so gently that to touch it scarce was seen yet was she sharply pricked and felt the fire run through her veins and now a strange desire troubled her heart which never before had been straight sprang she to her lover on the bed and kissed his cheek and was not satisfied when oh the lamp held ill-balanced overhead one drop of burning oil spilled from its side on eros naked shoulder as he slept who wakened by the sudden smart upleapt upon the floor and all the mischief eyed with nervous speed he seized his bow and passed out of the guilty chamber at a bound but psyche following his flight as fast caught him and crying threw her arms around till coming to the court he rose in air and she close clinging in her last despair was dragged and then lost hold and fell to ground wailing she fell but he upon the roof staying his feet awhile his flight delayed and turning to her as he stood aloof beside a cypress whose profoundest shade drank the reflections of the dreamy night in its stiff pinnacle the nimble light of million stars upon his body played o oh, simple-hearted psyche thus he spake and she upraised her piteous eyes and hands o oh, simple-hearted psyche for thy sake i dared to break my mother's stern commands and gave thee godlike marriage in the place of vilest shame and not to hurt thy grace spared thee my arrows which no heart withstands but thou for doubt i was some evil beast hast mocked the warnings of my love to spy upon my secret which concerned thee least seeing that thy joy was never touched thereby by faithless prying thou hast worked thy fall and even as i foretold thee losest all for looking on thy happiness too nigh which loss may be thine ample punishment but to those fiends by whom thou wert misled go tell each one in turn that i have sent this message that i love her in thy stead and bid them by their love haste hither soon whereat he fled and psyche in a swoon fell back upon the marble floor as dead End of part five recorded by nathan at antipodeanwriter.wordpress.com